Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. And welcome to round two of Gen Con Recap. Yay! Yeah, so our previous episode, we went through uh, Wednesday and, or sorry, Thursday and Friday, although Wednesday Wednesday night, yeah. Um, So days one and two of uh, Gen Con 2021. So in this episode, we're going to talk about days three and four and final thoughts, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, So day three, we woke up and we went and played uh, Paris Eiffel. Designed by Jose Antonio Abascal Acebo. And we had Potichu, you and I. <laughs> oh, that's right. BP and I did have Potichu. Okay. Always uh, an important start to the day. Yes. Okay. Now, sorry. Continue. Okay. Paris. Where I got French toast croissant. I actually okay. tried something new. It was good. Uh, okay. So, yeah, after Potichu, uh, <laughs> we played uh, Paris Eiffel. Uh, Jose Antonio Abascal Acebo was the designer. Uh, Oriol Hernandez was the artist, and it's published by uh, Devere Games. So the game description, the tower built by architect Gustave Eiffel rises high above Paris, announcing the inauguration of the Universal Exposition. There are those who define it as a monstrous iron cyclops and others as the first step into modern architecture. There is no doubt it will leave very few indifferent. Paris Eiffel is an expansion of Paris. I'll let you say that one. La City de la Lumière. There are eight new action postcards that provide far more variability in the game. The postcards are accompanied by a series of die-cut figures that will add a spectacular third dimension to your Paris. In this expansion, you will visit Parisian marvels such as the Arc de Triomphe, the Obelisk of Luxor, the Louvre Museum, and naturally, the Eiffel Tower. And the big mechanics are action drafting, area majority influence, drafting, and tile placement. And then Eric, you and BP had played this two years ago before I got there for Gen Con 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kate, uh, what did you think? Um, I like this game. Yeah. Um, both Bosque and then Paris were maybe the first time that I had played a game where it had like those different stages like that, where one... Right. It's like two um, phase games. Yeah, different yeah, but the first phase kind of builds up into the second phase. Yeah, so that was pretty neat. Um, yeah, it was a it was I, a nice theme. Like it was pretty to look at. You hadn't done much polyomino placement, I guess. Tiny towns kind of is, mm-hmm. but like I don't think yeah. we've played a million of them at this point. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so, did you like that kind of puzzle piece of fitting Tetris pieces into spots? Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was tricky, uh, hard to like. Um, picture the shapes that you could make work and of course you can't predict everything with you know another player messing it up potentially um. <laughs> that other player always does that yeah <laughs> yeah i liked the because you know you had the choices of placing one of your tiles or getting one of the buildings and i, I mm-hmm. thought that made it an interesting because as soon as someone ended that first phase you couldn't get buildings anymore so you had to you had to make a decision on do I risk not being the last one mm-hmm. and not getting a building or do I go for a building now? You know, do I try to push the game fast so the other player can't get buildings? I felt like there were some different strategies in there. And then you guys didn't play with the new, uh, with the expansion buildings, right? You just played with the base game. So BP, you and I played with the, mm-hmm. we played a game with the base because I hadn't played it before. Mm-hmm. And then we played with, uh, I think all of the expansion buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the expansion? 
Uh, it was, I think I said this when we were done. I really actually enjoyed it. I mean, the first time Eric and I played it, it was one of our, our, our top plays while we were there. It's just, it's a, it's a really beautiful game. If you haven't had the chance to look at it, uh, and experience it as even a, a two player polynomial type of tetris game, it also just has this art art. And then of course, um, the two phase aspect yeah. that Kate brought up that is just it's something new and refreshing, but it's still, you know, again, it's super puzzly, but it, again, just so beautiful to look at. Like one side of the there's these postcards that you get, you know, uh, is done in that um, late 19th style, because if I remember correctly, it's the 1880s and mm -hmm. it's going to escape me the exact year that Le Tour Eiffel and the exposition was but um how could you call yourself i know a i know i can't remember You've the exact all year france down i don't know if we have any listeners listeners in france but uh, not my anymore. family's gonna be disappointed not um anymore. anyway uh but the expansion added some pretty uh unique scoring pieces so for instance like kiwi got to score off of my hard work by was it was it the gargoyle or what was it uh it was yeah i think it was the gargoyle so yeah. I, I got to claim so she built the biggest building but i got to claim the points for it as well yeah because i built a gargoyle on it yeah total yeah yeah which was kind of cool oh and then you actually built the, eiffel tower, built the eiffel tower yep. uh, which actually was quite a few points because you had it near all the lights yep um Although I did get to do the Arc de Triomphe, I think. Yeah, which connected two buildings. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Yeah, which my gargoyle is on, so I get the points for that as well. So <laughs> yeah, overall, you it totally, worked out really well for You me. totally scored off of my hard work. But yeah. I knew it was really great. And being and being a you know self, self-proclaimed Francophile and obviously having have spent time in Paris, I really did feel like it brought... Um, the historical elements, but even the expansion brought even more some of the actual monuments in uh, almost 3D dimensions uh, for you with setting up some of those pieces on on a on a pretty small space. Um, I liked that the board was inside the box and everything kind of just went inside with it. So that was a good like like a nice way to because I feel like if you didn't have something like that, those tiles would slide around a little bit. So it definitely keeps everything sort of in one place. Uh, I liked the mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked great. I mm -hmm. think the table presence, especially when you start having the the expansion with the taller buildings mm -hmm. kind of standing up on the board as well. I thought it was a really good uh, two player game um, right up there with patchwork for me, I think, in terms of like great uh, two player only um, polyomino games. So. Yeah, it was good. And then I think after that, we... We may uh, have had a coffee break. Yeah. Yeah, there was coffee. There was a coffee break. <laughs> uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, because then we ate lunch in the in the coffee shop. Not where I had my I, sandwich. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's landmarks. right. We yeah. went across and we had it at the Marriott or whatever. Yeah. Oh, across yeah. The way. And Kate ran into somebody getting married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Might have brushed shoulders with the guy taking out the ring. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, we we yeah we played Honey Buzz next, which uh, came out last year. Uh, the designer was Paul Solomon, who actually was the person who mm -hmm. taught us the game. The artist is Anne uh, Heidziak. 
and it was published by Elf Creek Games. And the description is, the bees have discovered economics. The queens <laughs> believe that if they sell honey to the bears, badgers, and woodland creatures, they will find peace and prosperity. Spring has arrived, and it's time to build the hive, find nectar, make honey, and for the first time ever, set up shop. The mechanics are action retrieval, card drafting, contracts, grid movement, hexagon grid, pattern building, solo solitaire games, square grid, tile placement, and worker placement. Yep. I just want to point out that Paul Solomon did genotype and he taught us the game yeah. last year. Huh. Yep, that's true. So this, this man has taught us two games personally. Yep. But yeah, so Honey Buzz, I think BP and Kate, I think you guys wanted to play this or was it you, BP, that... It was one of the ones I know I picked that Eric had put together on a list. The one description just said, bees, bees. bees learn capitalism. And they're like, all right. <laughs> yes. And we're sold right there. Um, no, it, and again, I think because like. Not that we're super into capitalism. I just. It, really it's into bees. bees. <laughs> yeah, I really. Because, because it sounds crazy. Because when you think of bees, you do not think of capitalists. No, they are they, more they, a communist yeah, type society, yeah. right? Everything's about no, the, the hive. Uh, sure. Yes, you're right. The queen. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Queen. The queen. The and you queen. have all the drones. Yes. Um, but and and because bees and honey are just so fantastic, too. Like and then all of a sudden you throw in this like crazy thing like they're going to be capitalists. I mean, who doesn't want to like dive into that? Yeah. So in this one, you had workers that you had to place. Uh, or you would place on the board and they would give you access to uh, different tiles. Mm -hmm. uh, and you could place, and unlike a normal worker placement where you could only go to an action spot that didn't have somebody already there, uh, you just had to do one more B than was already there. So mm -hmm. if someone had played a B, you would have to play two Bs. The next person would have to play three Bs. And you gained actions from those tiles when you placed them on the board and completed a... Uh, basically a hexagon and you surrounded an open spot and then you got all of the actions that were displayed on your hive. Your honeycomb. Yeah, on your honeycomb. So you would get things like uh, make nectar or mm -hmm. or get nectar or make honey make or more make more bees. Um, what was some other stuff? Sell stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Queen's command. Queen's command. Wild card. Which was basically was a wild, wild card, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I thought was a really interesting way to get actions. Mm -hmm. um, I also liked that you could take rests at different times. So you collected your workers. It wasn't like everybody would like then stop and be, oh, I need to collect my workers. Right. You did it at different stages. Yeah, that was one of your, on one, of your you one of your options was to pull all your workers back and you could mm -hmm. do it whenever you wanted. Um, which I think at the end of the game kind of played into effect because. Mm -hmm. I pulled my work workers back for... a little too soon. Yeah. yeah, I think it worked out for Kate. It yeah. worked better for me and BP at the earlier, you know, round of play. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys think of Honey Buzz? Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I would I would play it again. I don't know. Um, it was maybe my least favorite teach. Can I say that? Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, uh, I, I, I liked how much he, how hands on he was, and how much he, how invested he was in making sure we understood um, how to play. But I, I kind of wanted to be left to play at some point rather than have him there the whole time. He, he stayed involved more in the game, and, and I think that's pretty common when designers teach. Is yeah. like they're really like too. yeah, and they really <laughs> like their game, and they wanted to like come across. Yeah. And so they want to help you out. But then, like, yeah, you're right. It's like that balance of 
making sure everybody understands the game, but then letting them kind of explore it themselves. And what did he say? He said he taught middle school, right? I think he yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was an interesting, like, because his actions were very specific to, like, how bees actually do things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, it was like, abstractly about yeah. bees. It was very much bees. And his other game, Genotype, was very much about, you know, what was it? Green beans or something like that, Eric? Beans? I mean, yeah, it's it's the... He's obviously a science teacher. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously a science teacher. The only thing I found off-putting about the game was the first time I grabbed one of the nectars, and I was expecting, like, a glass or plastic uh, bead. They and were they were gummy. Yeah, they felt gummy more acrylic? gummy. Uh, yeah, I was expecting acrylic, and I got gummy. <laughs> um, and once I, once I knew that, the first time I touched it, I was just like, ew, gross. And then I realized, oh, no, that's the way they're designed. Look, that's I was, also how nectar kind of I know. Be. Well, I realize that now, but I was not expecting that when I touched it the first time. Yeah, I think yeah. if you look at table presents, it had a great table uh, presence. Yeah, yeah. I, so. yeah, I really like the, the, I mean, the honeycomb build out and then the way that, like, you trigger an action when you complete it, and then that's kind of done. But then it sets up making your next enclosure. So that that was kind of a neat system. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to the vendor hall after playing this. And I I probably. I was going to tell an interesting story because so we BP and and I had thought about purchasing this one. This this would have been our purchase immediately after. That's what I was going to say. We went to AEG. Eric, why did we go to AEG? Well, Saturday. I just wanted to wrap up with did, Honey Buzz. Is I, it was so enjoyable that I was ready to go out and buy it. But then, yes, we yeah. had to stop at AEG first. Yeah, so great now, segue. Yes. So, Eric, yeah. uh, do you remember why we were going to, to AEG? You wanted a game. Yep. Which game? I think Cubitos, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah that, that was it. I was looking for Cubitos at AEG's booth, but they did yep. not have and it. And you, and you didn't well, want to you, ask. You didn't know that they oh, didn't have it. Oh, I should say I it. didn't see it. Yes. And so we sent BP, who is our uh, intern for public relations. Yep. Right. And then in order to get out of the way. I like I've been promoted Eric, to Eric intern, and I, by the way, versus well, just it's interviewing. Well, it's an unpaid position. We're finally letting you into the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we went to stand off on the side and watch you. And and in the process of watching you. Uh, you created your own story. It was yeah. like it was like a storytelling game. You guys were cooperative <laughs> did, did literally like game. say what you were about to do. And then you like looked up <laughs> over at him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Eric and, and I and Kate are standing off the side and I saw you and then I said to Eric and Kate I said oh she saw Mariposas mm-hmm. uh, because I saw you asking the guy and then I and then you like excitedly picked it up and I was like oh she just discovered that it was designed by Elizabeth Hargraves <laughs> and then a few moments later she was purchasing said game I waved you over first <laughs> to make sure you hadn't already backed it correct uh, and then and then there was and another then I made game. the comment she might not have asked about Kabuta uh, but that we thought that was was funny, so that's why we didn't purchase Honey Buzz is because I we ended purchased up buying Mariposa. Mariposas instead. Uh, there will not be an episode on it because um, yeah, we already we played just, it. Yeah, we were a little tight. It was a long week, but we really wanted yeah. to play a beautiful um, game, and it was a very good game, yes. very beautiful. Everything you can expect from Elizabeth Hargrave, I think. Yeah, uh, and then we also got she got for free with the purchase of Mariposas a game called Custom Heroes, which we have not played mm-hmm. yet. Um, it has a card building mechanic where there are clear sleeves and you build your cards and your yeah, heroes. AEG with is all about throwing games at you. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Got to clear room for new games. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like when you go to purchase a car, you always wait to the end of the fiscal year. Because they <laughs> they're just going to throw yeah, everything When the new you. models are coming on the lot. Yeah. So Cubitos, just so you all know, just they did not have it there because it's just not one of those games that made it to the convention. Yeah, but there, there was a lot of that. Like AEG was going to be giving out uh, different the games. Tiny Towns expansion. Yeah. But it hadn't arrived, so they made some other other choices. But if you're interested in the playthrough, we did do an episode on it, so see our back catalog. <laughs> for Cubitos, <laughs> not for Mariposas. Right. Uh, so then we ended up the day with uh, Tumbletown. This is another uh, uh, later in the evening. What did we have for dinner that night? Uh, it was Saturday night, so we had, oh, we had another Weber, Weber Grill. Yeah. This was the brisket. This was the, yeah, the this brisket. This was the brisket night. <laughs> yep. It was very available. important to make sure. <laughs> yeah, it was it, we, Well, there had to be a comparison between briskets going on. Yes. It was good brisket. Recommend. <laughs> yes. Always go for the brisket. Uh, and the meatloaf was great. It was just a lot. Yeah. So yeah. we specifically I, have in our schedule notes share meal at Weber Grill. Yes. No, we yeah, didn't we share meal. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So then we played uh, Tumbletown. This is designed by Kevin Ross. The artist is uh, Katie Grierson, Katie Cow, and Kevin Russ. And it was designed, it was published by Weird Giraffe Games, who also did uh, Fire in the Library. Oh. So the description, as the mayor of a small community, it's up to you to construct the best town possible. Choose from a selection of building plans chosen at the last town meeting and get constructing. Each building plan lets you mine a certain type of material and shows what values of materials are needed to build. As such, building has different requirements. Buildings can give you different abilities to be used on each of your turns, from manipulating the dice materials to be of different values, to being able to transform specific die materials into other materials, to giving you extra points for building certain types of buildings. And the mechanics are contracts, dice rolling, in-game bonuses, pattern building, scenario mission, campaign game, set collection, and variable player powers. I wanted to like it more. I'm just gonna start it <laughs> off with that. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to like it more. I built a lot of outhouses. Yeah, yeah. In traditional fashion, as is tradition, mm-hmm. there's a game that involved toilets, and so PP built toilets. <laughs> they are very important. Yeah, I I liked the puzzle aspect of it. I think the teach probably could have been better, but the person teaching us the game was also teaching like four tables, I think. Yeah. Um. So I feel like the teach could have been a lot better, but. Yeah, I, I want. I wanted job. to like it more. Yeah, I don't think we had any rules issues. I think we kind of played weird though, and we all we targeted the of... same resource and depleted it really yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that's common. Maybe if it is, that's part of the game, and you're just supposed to like because there's you can stockpile some stuff. So maybe you're supposed to like stockpile a few things throughout, but we just sort of burned through resources. Yeah, and kind of got stuck. And then, yeah, it's just because they told us to start with like the bottom row right. so maybe we mm-hmm. all yeah we being too hard the first on the... yeah the first yeah. playthrough we were like okay well we should really do that and we should have moved up higher sooner sooner yeah. yeah maybe but it did i mean it won me over when we sat down with the dice yeah. roller <laughs> <laughs> the dice tower was it uh, what was it like right, a little yeah. um like um what did you call that? Was it? Uh, just like a building with like the, the top. Yes, yeah, like the dice tower that's a building. And then like, yeah, you build your, I like how you like line your two streets with the, the buildings and kind of build yeah. like mm-hmm. a main street through town. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a cool concept, but. Um, we all had a horse, right? Or yeah, we all had a horse. Yeah. Mine was actually a donkey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it says like yeah. good. It, it kind of like it, it sort of fit that whole theme of like it was a four player kind of limited interaction style game, puzzle game. So it's I think just kind of more the same at that point. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, I just kind of wanted to like it a little more. Yeah, I thought table play because, you know, everybody's building out their cities. They ha- they did have the nice neoprene mat um, mm-hmm. to play on, which gave like some good look, um, you know, which looked nice. And then, yeah, there was the 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 dice roller, which I think, you know, games, it's always nice when games include like a good looking uh, dice tower. Yeah. Uh, so that ended up our Friday. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Saturday. Um, so then we moved into Sunday. Sunday, we definitely uh, took it a little bit easier. Um, so I went uh, and did the math trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Which was quite my, popular, I heard. It was very. There, there, there was a good good number of, of folks there. Uh, my math trade was really a math sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get any games in return, but I was able to make a little bit of money off some games that I traded. So that was cool. That was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And you did get the most disappointing meal after that. I Yes, I got the most disappointing meal. I went to a donut place that now I can't even remember the name of. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jack's or something. Yeah, Jack's. I had seen a bunch of people with the boxes. And as soon as I walked in and I saw the donuts, I knew it was going to be bad. And I bought the donut anyway. Um, I'm Kiwi's a little a bit of a donut, donut snob. Fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I knew they were going to be greasy and underdone, and I was exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, and then we did our, our D&D session mm-hmm. for, the, uh, for, the, for the week, the Gen Con. Uh, you we were Ivan. Knight of the Rise. Yep. I was, a, I was a monk named Ivan. I was Claire the Cleric. Who uh, had a debt to Igor and mm-hmm. his karate school. That was Ivan, not Claire. Correct. Yeah. I have a Claire, Claire, the champion cleric, her god was uh, Carol... Danver. I yeah. don't know why I can't ever remember, I don't remember that. Either. Captain Marvel. Yep. Uh, and we. And it, Kate. It, Kate was rogue. Yep. She was Agnes. Me. Agnes. That's right. And then Eric was a druid. Druid. druid that's right. Yeah. That, that kept speaking to the wolves, which really. Yeah, my really only goal that over. game was to not kill the animals. <laughs> it was a good goal. It was a good goal. It was yeah. very successful. So the story was basically we were trying to help out a town that there were some people that were harassing bandits. it. Yeah, some bandits harassing the town. Uh, we ended up doing some acting. Yeah. Uh, in order to get in and, and kill the bandit leader and essentially help their number two become the number, number one. one I think. Because, yeah, like, I don't know. We did a quick dungeon dive before that. And I feel like we were all really geared for the role playing during the dungeon dive and then we took a quick break and then it just seemed like we rushed through the acting part which i feel like had we been more prepared that we were gonna do a play we would have yeah i think that could have gone for that more yeah Yeah. that could have been a whole game of preparing for a play or something yeah Yeah, i think the play was probably my favorite part yeah um we kind of got rushed and that's it did it kind of got rushed that's the hard thing in like running games at gen con it's like you don't have the group do you just want people that want to do dungeon stuff and then yeah yeah i felt like the dm was good he was super excited he was really Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about D. &D. uh he seemed super into it i think before you guys showed up he had said that you know it was some this was his first year dming at gen Gen con Con. and he was like i think i will do it every year because it was just a really fun experience for him his setup was good. He had like these two flat screen TVs that he had gotten on Amazon. He set them up so he could have like a roll laptop. Yeah, it was like roll 20. So it was a good like mobile type um, setup. And I think with a little bit of work, the scenario could be a really great one shot. 
Yeah. Because um, I, I think that acting piece really reminded me of some of like the boat one that we did. Yeah. And the the Ponds Place one where it was just kind of like it was a different piece of D&D. Yeah. I feel like it did need a little setup. I felt like the characters needed to be with the one shot. You need your characters to come provided with the backstory. Yeah, so you could play off Because of it. it's very hard to just sit down and then... Playing with new people. I mean, while it was the four of us, it was Kate's first D&D experience. So we're going to have to make sure we get her uh, take on this. But also we had one. I planned on skipping right to the end. One stranger. <laughs> uh, and it's always, you know, feeling that out. And then on top of that, he was like, OK, well, you just got to build your own backstories. And it's like, ah, but I don't know what's going to, you know, like yeah. having the backstory provided for you in those types of situations, I think could have made that and then focusing more on then that prep. But it, again, it was a unique take. And so obviously we were kind of fans about all of that storytelling, acting stuff. Yes. So, Kate, what do you think? Yeah, put it over to you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I. It's still not something that I, I'm very good at, so I I don't I don't I'm not at the point where I enjoy it. But and yeah, I thought fine. that the the random guy who joined us was really good, and he was a I know he fit in well. I think with our group too. Like he was kind of mm-hmm. playful. Yeah. I don't. Again, it was my first time, so I don't really know what to compare it with. But I know that the DM said something about the group being like more playful. Yeah, the DM like, really liked our group, and that guy fit in with that. Yeah. He seemed to. He, he was kind of like silly. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did. I, he played. He got into like don't take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. room was kind of distracting. Like there was a group that was very loud in the yes. corner. Yeah, behind us. Whatever they were yeah. doing over there, I saw on Twitter multiple times. Really? There was some sort of big yeah. thing going on behind us that. I don't know what it was, but apparently it was a very cool concept that they did. But it was very loud and distracting. And yeah. our know, GM was a pretty soft-spoken guy, which yeah. I like, but a little in hard to do space. in that environment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and the room was big, and there weren't that many tables in I think use. There so were two, maybe three. Spread I think about, there were two yeah. at the other end of the table, yeah, and then we could yeah. have been, right next to the loud table. So, so I feel yeah. like we could have been spread out. But anyway, otherwise, it still. A great experience, I think. Even if Kate, like, again, like, we don't have to like everything or play play every time around. And so if... When I didn't get back fine. and I talked to my normal group and I was like, oh, yeah, I made Kate play at Gen Con. Like, you, in that environment was the first game you made her play? I was like, uh, I guess. <laughs> I think that was my complaint, too, is, like, I'd like to try it, but, like, I felt intimidated at Gen Con, you know? Like, <laughs> Here's this person who has, like, no idea what yeah. this is about. <laughs> but it's actually, like, usually DMs at Gen Con are pretty yeah he was pretty good nice. about it yeah um and it kind of depends on if you're playing with people you don't know how yes. they'll do it but yeah. that guy was also fine so yeah. it's just it sounds it seems bad but it's also a good environment because like usually they're much better than you know we are at running games so they're better at handling mm-hmm. people who don't know the rules and right stuff. uh so yeah so then after we finished uh D, we we did yeah, have pottery. Well, we had we had to go pick up my art first. Oh yeah, we picked up BP's art, uh, and then we went to Potachu for brunch, um, and then we went back to the apartment uh, and we played uh, Pandemic Legacy Season Two. We played month uh, the month of August, mm-hmm. and that was our first uh, co-op win of the weekend. <laughs> we did, uh, which is interesting since we. Yeah, which we are doing very badly. So it was unexpected. World is on fire. Uh, and then we uh, did. Um, we finally, the four of us, got to play uh, the sh- 
Sherlock Files Volume 4. We did the Devil's Pact uh, mystery. Uh, so that was fun because I think the last couple of volumes we've been doing like, oh, we got this score on this one. Yeah, we we've been competing. To play. We've been competing. So it was fun to, to play that one all together. Um, and then I had to take BP to the airport yeah. uh, so she could fly home. And then when I got back, uh, Eric and I and Kate played Too Many Bones. Oof. Yep. Kate, what do you think of that one? I liked that one. I, I Seeing it get set up and then being handed that card with the mind, I was a little like, whoa, what is this? Um, but it was, yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. I was going to say that Sherlock Files was also fun just to go backwards a little bit. We said last weekend or the weekend before that, that it was interesting to see a different style. It's very like, weird. So like you guys, you two play a lot differently than the two of us play. And then we play yeah. immensely differently than my other game group plays. Yeah. They're just, I mean, they role played 10. So you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say, cause uh, BP and I did the last one that we had left in that box and we made the same comment. It was like, Oh man, they played way different than we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we're both, I, we're both playing. We're all playing within the rules. It's yeah. just interesting to see how they're interpreted. Yeah, differently. Like you guys kind of just go through, get through the cards, and then begin the discussion. And we like lean on the hints you can give throughout a little more mm -hmm. to try yeah. to like figure out what's important as we go. Mm -hmm. And yep. then my other group plays one card and starts theorizing exactly what happened <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> like, the, like their games last like three hours. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's crazy for that game. It's yeah. they're sure yeah. cards but, in the deck. I mean, they, have, they have fun, so. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it is great because all of us love it. I mean, that is such, I think it just sounds like so far everybody that we've introduced that game to loves that game. It is, it's great. Again, if anybody is interested in, uh, it takes up very small foot space. It's just a deck of cards, yeah, but it's actually, a great deduction game. We were going to Hamilton Mm -hmm. The week after, and I oh, just grabbed, right. grabbed the deck, and we just we went to and, show up like ridiculously early for parking and security and everything. Yeah. So. Like we just took it and played at like a table outside while we waited. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's really portable too, Very which is <laughs> different than Big Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, and then too many bones. Uh, Eric, I don't. You haven't played since we played it at at Gen Con the very first time, right? No, I think I played it once at your house. Okay. Um, but I think I, I mean, this was still many years ago. Yeah. So I think I'd only played it a couple times. Yeah, this is one of those games where it's kind of like um, Gloomhaven, where I love Too Many Bones, but it's just so big and there's so much stuff uh, that it can be hard yeah. to d like get it out all the time. It's also hard to get uh, back into because there's so much to it that it's like, yeah, yeah. you got to remember how to play a run through. Before. Yeah, B BP and I the week before, because I was like, OK, if we're playing this game at Gen Con, I don't want to waste a lot of time right. really learning this. So the BP and I spent. It was uh, a good two hours. It was a good two, two and a half hours with just the two of us playing, relearning all the elements. Um, and the crazy part is, is in our game and the game that we played at uh, Gen Con, there were still elements that we didn't play. Like we didn't get to the Trove loot and have to do the mm -hmm. unlocking and stuff. Um, so there's definitely a different, uh, different aspects to it. So, uh, but that was our final game of uh, Gen Con was, was too many. We bones. were going to try to squeeze in a wingspan, but yeah. we had early flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got a little, <laughs> yeah. little late, so. Um, so overall statistics, because that's what I love doing. Uh, we played 20 games. Okay. Uh, nine of them were new to everybody. 
Uh, and if you count the seven that were new to somebody, okay, uh, then we play then sixteen new games essentially. Uh, Eric won seven of them. Kate won four of them. Uh, I won two games. I like my stat. And BP won none of them. Yeah, uh, except for the cooperative ones. Yep, and uh, and we were we were two for five for co-op games because uh, we. Uh, we, uh, Eric and Kate and I won our Too Many Bones game. Okay. So uh, we won two of our five cooperative game attempts. Um, and then one of our, so we have our own little like Gen Con bingo. And one of our bingo mm -hmm. items is play more games than last year. Uh, so we did play more games than last year because mm -hmm. last year we only played five new games, but they were all virtual. So uh, I don't think we should count it. So going back to 2019, we also played nine new games then, uh, which is the number of new games that we also played in 2018. So nine apparently is the number. Um, and we only played, uh, but we only played six new games during our first Gen Con because we didn't know what we were doing. Right. Which brings us to a little bit of Eric's uh, scheduling. Yeah. It's, it's Eric's scheduling comes in uh, pretty yeah, clutch. I think nine new games is about about good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Too many more than that would be really possible without like yeah, killing I yourself. Yep, and I, and you know some of those new games were you know three of those new games we play or two of them anyway we played at one event you know mm -hmm. the, the AEG big game night so yep um, and there was so normally there's like the BGG has like the hot new game room or whatever where you can go into a room and just uh, pick up yeah. kind of what the hottest games of Gen Con are and play but they didn't I wanted to do that because we haven't done it before they didn't do it this year because of um, just the logistics of doing it yeah. being safe mm -hmm. for too hard so that would be another good way to like hey you can block off this and try out like a handful of the top new games without having to like run around and do different stuff i have to try that for yeah. next time yeah uh so kate would you gen con again <laughs> um i see that question there uh yes <laughs> yes i would i would i definitely would i i got back and I, I wanted more Gen Con. Like two days later, she's like, Yay. can we go back to Gen Con? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really fun. Um, I don't know. Um, probably makes a big difference who you um, go with. I mean, well, yeah, getting well, yeah, spend time with you guys. But yeah, it was it was different. I haven't I don't think I've gone to a fun conference before. <laughs> like, I've gone to work conferences. I remember you kept saying that all weekend. I've only been to work conferences. This is so different. Yeah. Which is interesting because like the first board gaming or any kind of like fun convention that any of us had gone to was Gen Con. And I've always seen like it recommended that Gen Con not be the first yeah. like board game convention you go to. Like go to a smaller one first and for for the three of us, it was definitely like on a whim, like, hey, we should do this. Yeah. yeah. It led to some decisions that we had to make because it was pretty late in the process. Um, but it was our first board gaming convention as well. And I felt like it was a lot of fun and I didn't really understand why people I could yeah. see like, you know, it is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could overtax yourself mm -hmm. or not take care of yourself well. Right, yeah. Or not find things to do if you don't understand the scheduling and things. But I mean, I even in a normal year, just wandering the vendor hall and demoing stuff is like you could spend two days doing that. Like and so just waiting for demos. That would be the one thing that I would not do. Well, yeah, you're not a fan <laughs> of the credit vendor hall. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, I think Gen Con's fine. I think a lot of people act like it's more intense than it is. Like you just have to self control. To like, yeah. <laughs> like in anything, yeah. like 
just have a good plan. Don't try to run around to a million things. Make sure you go get good food and just relax. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of times yeah, where we just kind of sat outside and hung out. The spot where I ate lunch, <laughs> not where Kate ate her sandwich. Right, right. that's unfortunately inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we but now we have all kinds of, of reference, reference points. points for next year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh yeah, so that was uh Gen Con 2021 yeah. slash CamelCon one. <laughs> oh. It's the same it's year. That... <laughs> yeah. Well no, yeah. It, it's CamelCon. It's like you know how we had Gen calendar? Con. We had Gen Con fifty. Yeah. This is this I is, guess we are. We're starting our own CamelCon calendar. Yeah. Not a calendar. It's just the first one. It's like the Super Bowl. Uh, no, they I don't think say, we've, they don't we've say up, Super Bowl 2021. Yeah, they but we've up, we've up the ante. We're creating a whole new calendar. Year of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Screw the Gregorian calendar. I go off CamelCon calendar. Exactly. <laughs> All, right. All right. In the year of our CamelCon. One. <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to hear more about CamelCon or uh, decide what should be played at CamelCon, CamelCon <laughs> too. That's a mouthful. Uh, any recommendations of games, just send them our way. Uh, our email again is firstturntabletop at gmail and Twitter and Instagram. We are located at firstturncast. And our CamelCon podcasting camel. Wow. All right. Uh, says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. More on Channel 5. (laughs) 